la 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 Peter made coffee in a copper coffee pot. Picker, pickle, pick a pepper. Motherfucker ain't gonna get this pussy. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? I'm ready to enunciate for days. Okay. My cheeks are ready. Not, well, no, not like that. Like my. My mouth cheeks. Okay. Oh, my. My uh, cheeks are not up for sale. They're not for lease. Are you sure? Mm, fuck. From our earlier <laughs> conversation, son. That's shit. No. This no. Too much. Get away. Oh my god, they're not for sale. Okay. <clears throat> no, we were doing. Fuck. We had barbecue, okay. and it's very. It's sitting in my like diaphragm or trachea. I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> he doesn't know that. I don't know what this is. But so we're trying to open up, <clears throat> loosen up, digest. Do some mouth exercises for like acting. I need to be shut the fuck up. We're <laughs> acting. We're actors. We're broadcasters. Yeah, I made fun of I made fun of my brother for all the shit that he did. Now look at me sitting in my best friend's room, fucking doing those same <laughs> exercises. La, 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 la. And then this man says his cheeks are ready. <laughs> <My> cheeks, <laughs> the cheeks are ready to go. My cheeks are ready to go. Oiled up and juicy. Oh. <clears throat> okay. Jerry R. Hussein. We have a problem. Oh, what is it? There's, there's not good Muslim representation in the media. Yeah. And so I think in this trying time, it would be selfish of me to keep doing a podcast. <laughs> okay, well, let, hold on. Hold on. I, I don't think I have the guts to be an actor given my past performance on the podcast. Okay. I'm going to pitch a movie idea. A movie idea? Yeah, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help Riz Ahmed. I'm going to pitch this to him. I'm going to DM him. Okay. So do you want to hear it out? This yes. is my swan song episode. Okay. You know those Hallmark movies where, like, a Manhattan corporate girl goes back home mm-hmm. for the holidays? Okay, so let's start with that premise, right? Okay. She is head of HR at Deloitte. Okay. I don't I don't know if they have a Manhattan branch or, they or whatever. Do. They do? <laughs> yeah, they oh, you do. looked into this? I've looked into this. Did you apply? I've looked into the Deloitte. <laughs> okay. I've not applied yet, but yes. Continue. I know they have one, like, in uh, Reston. Okay. Yeah. So she will call her. Give me a white girl name. Becky. Becky. <laughs> Rebecca. Becca. Okay. Yeah. So she does yoga. She's like in her early 30s. Okay. You know, she's like fit. Her pussy is <laughs> waxed. All right. She's strong. Good savings account. Good 401k. No, she's ambitious. She's like she's a fucking girl boss. She's she's amazing at what yeah, she does. Okay. Her boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, we'll name him Tommy. Okay. Okay. Now he is a portfolio manager at BlackRock. Okay. Also in Manhattan. They definitely have a Manhattan one. Yeah. Okay, so they're dating, right? And the movie opens Power up. Power couple, huh? Power couple. Well, for now. Okay, <laughs> so what happens is they're getting lunch. Okay. And, you know, he's more of a homebody than her. He's got more of, like, a, that country spirit because he's from Nebraska. Oh, okay. And she's from, like, a rural part, too, but she has disdain for that part of her life. And so Tommy starts asking Becca, honey. It's Christmas. Do you want to come home with me? Do you want to, you know, we've been dating together for two years. I would love to it's come to meet my the family. Parents. And she says, no, I I don't want to. Okay. Okay. And they get into a fight, right? Keep in mind, this is going to happen like five minutes of the movie. Okay. And they get into a fight. And what really does it is that 
he says this horrific line. I don't even believe in the wage gap. You make more than me. And that, that fucking sets Becca off. Okay. Becca leaves, walks out. She pays a bill too because she does make more. He's <laughs> really made, relying on definitely her. Make which more. doesn't make sense. He's a portfolio manager at BlackRock. So she's head of HR. I don't know how this works. I don't know what HR this is, but it's, it's happening. And so she's so flummoxed and flustered. And like heartbroken, not heartbroken, but like upset. Like, why did I stoop for such a mediocre man? Yeah, I'm a fucking boss. Yeah. So she goes back home to um, Westminster, Maryland. How about that? Or <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Or, no, no, no. <laughs> Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. This is actually okay. No, this Michigan, Michigan. Okay. In Michigan, a lot of Muslims in Michigan. A lot of Shout Muslims out Michigan. in Michigan. Shout out Michigan. And so she goes home. She hasn't been home in like five years. She still has correspondence with her parents. Whatever, right? Gotcha. And they're happy to see her. And they say, oh, we have, honey, we have new neighbors. There's a bunch of Muslims, right? And she's oh, like, oh, they, you know, and, and my Becca is a, a kind, sweet girl. She she's holds not no one of prejudice. Those, like, okay, yeah, and her okay. parents are super cool. No, there's no question. This is not about them being racist. Definitely not that. She's an HR, so she's good with that. Yeah, she's very good at that. Even if she doesn't person like him, she knows how to manage yeah, that. Yeah. And so she's home. The Muslim neighbors come over, and they're very nice and sweet, and she appreciates that. And so her parents asked her, look, honey, they're doing this charity drive at the mosque and a blood drive. Can you take some of this, like, peach cobbler over there just as like, <laughs> a show of good faith? Right. And Becca's like, all right, mom. So she goes there. She feels out of place. But she also sees, like, the sense of community and spirit. This is the best Muslim representation I've, I've seen I know. This years. white woman named <laughs> Becky, right? Hold on. So, <laughs> so she goes there with a peach cobbler, and she doesn't know where to drop it off. She's very confused. And this dashing... Six foot one man with a skin fade and beard comes in. His name is Abu Bakr. All right, <laughs> I've seen thirteen of them. You, already you've today. seen all of them at Darna, yeah. and he comes in. It's like, oh, can I help you out? And she's like, yeah, I'm looking for the imam. I'm supposed to give him this, and he's like, okay. And they start riffing and and, and laughing, and she's laughing. First genuine smile in months, mm-hmm. right? Because Tommy wasn't doing shit. He had a dickhead boyfriend. Yeah, he had a dickhead boyfriend. So Abu Bakr is like, oh, he's doing. He's, he knows what he's up to. Yeah, Abu Bakr's a strong name too. I like. Yeah, oh, strong. strong as an ox. Yeah. Strong, handsome, good job, good kids, good family. God, like most man. Muslim men. Like are. most Muslim men. There we go. And so <laughs> you know, over time, I'm, I'm giving the plot, the the fucking. The screenplay. Here. I'm giving you the, the, the. Is that the word? Screenplay. Screenplay is like would be the entire thing, which seems like you're like the rough draft. <laughs> yeah. What's like, okay. Yeah, so I'm giving first, you the rough draft. first edition screenplay. Yeah. So basically, Direct and keep in mind, I'm, I'm prepping this as like a trailer, like you would see like at another movie theater. Okay. Thing, I like right? this. So it starts off like that, and then there's a bunch of scenes of them laughing together and stuff. Like a little montage yeah. of them having it's fun. Like, it's fall like, fun. It's like rom com yeah, too. Yeah. So it's like. Ramadan's cup. This is gonna be like a version of Ramadan where it is in winter, right? Okay. <laughs> so it's gonna be like you can only drink water from sunrise to sunset. Oh, He's like, yeah. uh, Becca. <laughs> yeah. And so there's like a tagline. It's like he saved her because she starts praying, oh, and man. she's like, this feels so haram, but I know it's so halal type <laughs> thing, right? And so keep my. Oh, I forgot this important point. This movie takes place in like 2014. Okay. Okay. So this is all happening. And then the next tagline is, now it's her turn to save him. Oh, And Lord. then she walks into his apartment because they're going to have dinner. He has like this thing open on his laptop. He's like, oh, babe, I'm going to be like late tomorrow for the date because I'm meeting up with some of the other Muslim guys. We're going to a new group. And she's like, oh, what's going on? It's called ISIS. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and so now Becca has to save Abu Bakr from being radicalized into ISIS. <laughs> This white woman is going to save Abu Bakr. 
this took a very radical turn. Okay. And so it's, it's going to feature music from like Lin-Manuel Miranda. All right. <laughs> and so you're going to see this like fucking light skinned Muslim man who was like blonde hair and blue eyes start rapping. He's like, yo, 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 I got 99 problems, but he got 99 names. That's my boy. Right. And it's going to be this, this beautiful triumphant story about a white woman saving a Muslim man from depravity and getting killed by the CIA. Okay. That's my pitch to Riz Ahmed. That's, I think, what we should do. You think, that, you think, that, you think this entire story is going to get him? I think this will get him and this will stop the bad portrayal of Muslims in the media. Okay, listen. Uh-huh. I think that's fucking thought out. Uh-huh. Like, I think so, too. You put some time into uh-huh. this. Uh-huh. I will say... Mm-hmm. We, the, this is foolproof. Is it? It's full. Uh, share it, please. Okay, I'm gonna l- let me ask you a question, right, Mr. Director Saad. Just run. This is man thinks he's a. Uh, you've been watching one too many Martin Scorsese movies. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, like that's actually really fucking funny. Like, like having a Hallmark movie that say like a, a white girl, a white woman saving saves her. A, saves a Muslim guy from joining ISIS. That's actually fucking hilarious. Abu, you can't go to. <laughs> you can't work with uh. What's the name? You you you're gonna go to Abu Ghraib. Oh my god. There you go. The cheesy lines write themselves. Yeah. She's like, have you fucking seen what they do to you guys in Guantanamo Bay? Was the last Bush administration not enough for you to learn the difference? <laughs> nah, but honestly, that's, that's a really funny idea. Um, I don't think Riz is going to be that interesting. Why? If I'm being honest. Why? Because I, I'll say two things. And You're not is, a visionary like him. I, probably not, man. I might, he, I he, might just be really fucking bored. There's a difference between the three of us. You, me, and my good friend Riz. Riz, yeah. I DM'd him three times. So we're friends already. Right? Did he respond? Don't fucking worry about that. I don't respond <laughs> that's to not my, important. I don't respond to my friends' DMs. Okay. You want us to leave me unread sometimes. I you know that's fine, right? So the difference between you, me, and Riz is that two of us are directors. Hmm. You are not. Okay. So you cannot understand. Like, I'm just the, not the I'm, metaphor. I'm just not at that heightened intelligence level. You've not I reached apologize, my brother. I feel like time out. Is this is this an antidote from your life? Did some white girl save you, Saad, from joining ISIS? <laughs> First of all, I don't do shit for women. So no white, no white woman. If a white woman tries to save you from ISIS, like, I'm going harder. Uh, um, <laughs> you're one of those people. Hey, don't do it. Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it. Don't come. I'm going to come. Hey, no, don't do that. You're permanent record. The FBI is going to get you. It's like, FBI, bye. Damn. FBI is already looking at FBI this. FBI is probably already looking at this. But yeah, that's my pitch because I heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not like a particularly news sensitive guy i don't pay attention to politics but i've heard that like you don't pay attention to politics i don't pay attention to politics <laughs> but i heard that muslims we've got a bad rap i thought everybody liked us oh yeah I wonder you know why. how many different kinds of people i see at hookah bars yeah i see asians mm-hmm. i see the whites mm-hmm. i see the blacks mm-hmm. I, I don't see indigenous people which you know how many times my office has ordered shawarma inside there i feel so represented there you go it's the food is the representation. This is for a me. culture shock for me. Yeah, they're like, you know what? Let's let's just feed this little Muslim boy some shawarma, like underpay him and just call it <laughs> call it a day. And I feel good when I go to sleep at night. Yeah, you got some like tzatziki resting in your stomach. Yeah. What do you need a four hundred one k for? Yeah, he That's doesn't stupid. need it. You don't need. What do you need? Benefits. Need no profit share. He doesn't need no bonuses. But yeah, we are talking about. Um, if you didn't hear, something tragic happened last week. With it was in Canada, right? Yep. I, I I initially kept thinking it was like London for some reason. There was one in London as well. Oh my god! Yeah. I have to make another movie pitch. <laughs> oh my this god! One's set in London. This one's gonna be set in London. This time it's gonna be about a um they convert a pig to Islam, 
a literal like it's gonna be like Charlotte's Web. It's gonna it's the pig's the, name. The spider is like, Muslim and he converts the little pig to Islam. Yeah. All right, so I need to now. Every Muslim hate crime, I have to do another. Riz is gonna be so upset with me, but he's gonna he knows I'm doing the good work. Yeah, I think you're on the same page as Riz, but maybe a little slightly on the other side of the page. When you get to my creative level, you then you talk to me. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll you make go. sure that where that happens. But uh, but yeah, that and I mean, it's a really good point, right? Like, you thought that this was there was just one incident in Canada, and that's the one that I've saw, I've seen a lot too. But there was also one in London. That's why it was it was kind of conjoined together because it was the same week. Yeah. Um, and the one in Canada, obviously us being neighbors with Canada is our news sources are going to pick it up first, but not even like a ton of news sources, more like Muslim uh, centered news sources are really the ones that kind of brought at this suburb, to attention. At yeah. MVS Slim. Why is that one like MVS Slim? Right? Or something like uh, the suburb one. I think one of them has like be, a V in it. You know what? You know what that might be? What? You know how, how in Palestine, like the, well, it's still going on, but the Palestinian and Israeli conflict, that one is in conflict. The apartheid that's happening. Yeah. You, when you, when people were posting about Palestine, when uh-huh. they would actually fully spell out Palestine, yeah. Instagram would like block it or like sub like submerge it in other things. So people started posting like P dot yeah. Palestine or something. I feel like they might they, that that might have been a trick to like get more out there instead of something that's like literally spells out Muslim. They probably yeah. just put a V there just to um, cheat the algorithm. Maybe they just thought it looked cool. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna no, give no, them the I'm, I'm, the I'm gonna go out of limb and say they thought it looked cool. And you know what? You're probably a dummy for thinking that. <laughs> Whoever, what content creator who's like doing this work, um, I'm gonna take you down. I'm declaring war on the at Muslim. It's gonna profile. write a movie about you. I'm about to write a movie about you. You're the pig that's getting. <laughs> I should not be saying that. Oh, okay, so basically, we're talking about after that horrific accident, which you've probably heard at this point. Riz Ahmed came out with this initiative. His central contention is that, as someone who's is he in, is he considered someone in Hollywood? Yeah, 100%. I, I, I if you're like in the, he's from the UK, right? He's from the UK. He's a Pakistani UK citizen, um, mm. but he's very prominently like Pakistani. Like he's he's he reps. Okay, it, so as now. somebody in media, as somebody in like high profile media, his basic argument is that what from my platform, I think what I can do is change the representation of Muslims in media. Not him individually, but he wants to start a campaign for it, right? Yep. And I think a, quite a few Muslim actors and personalities have signed on to that. If you guys have seen Rami on Hulu, I think Love I saw his name show. on there, which Rami is really good. Yeah. And actually, I want to use Rami to talk about something, how I feel about this as well. Um, they're basically, they're going to say, we need more popular, not popular, better Muslim representation. And it's not a matter of quantity, I think. Authentic Muslim representation. Yeah, it's not a matter of quantity, because frankly, if you look at like the number in terms of like, Muslim roles right now because there's only one percent of the U.S. If we're using the U.S. as a magic, right? Yeah, one percent of the U.S. population approximately is Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at like kind of an aggregate of like roles that are being produced nowadays, it's about one percent of Muslim. It's not quantity that's the issue. Like it's it's theoretically, if we had to like say it's right or wrong, it's about where it theoretically would be mathematically, right? It that's obviously assuming a lot, right? But it's more so the what are the roles. Mm-hmm. And then you get to like 50% of these are just Abu Bakr. Okay, what if Becca in the dark timeline mm-hmm. could not save Abu Bakr? Yeah. He took that flight to Iraq. Right. <laughs> and it just, she never saw, she goes back to Tommy, they get a divorce. 
Right. I have a sequel written up too, and that's gonna be <laughs> that one's purely for the white people. Yeah. That, that one I got for the white people. You're gonna get the whites on that. I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get everybody. satisfy them real yeah. quick. Oh, hey, man, I'm a look big picture, big market, okay. monoculture. So it's basically how do we get more representation for Muslims in roles that are not based in obviously terrorism is the obvious one, but I think there's a lot of other stereotypes. The common one that you hear a lot, and Muslim women would especially point this out because it's really true, is like this demure. Muslim hijab wearing girl. She's oppressed, and she's like oppressed. I don't want to be this. I want to yeah. be. And usually, like, like the implication is like I want to be like a slut. Like yeah. that's that's usually yeah, like, like the I'm gonna take it off and suck dick right away. Yeah, like, yo, which is like down. you know power to you if you want to do that. But it's, it's like bizarre that that's always the way they do it. Yeah, I think it's because I I think this goes back to something that's been happening in the United States in the past twenty years. Let's say you know since um, since the Afghanistan Iraq War has happened, since nine eleven has happened. There has been this glorification of the military, of war, and just portraying these young men and women who are in the military who, you know, have a great sacrifice. I, I agree with all that. Like, it takes a special kind of person. To yeah, they're be, pussies. I, I could do that. Uh, I, I wouldn't do that. That's I the thing. Do. Maybe they're just I wouldn't, idiots. but I could. You're Maybe not going to see me do that. Yeah, you're not going to see me do that either. But it's it's some kind of like glorification of that, and it's the byproduct of that is racism towards Muslim people because— they're out there fighting in Middle Eastern countries, so all they see is Muslims. So they are like, okay, let's let's put Muslims in movies. Let's make movies about war. Mm-hmm. Like they literally, and this is a joke that happens all the time. Like America will literally go bomb your country and then come back and make yeah. movies about oh how sad their soldiers yeah. are for making it. And in those movies, there's Muslim representation, yeah. but it's not the one we're looking for. Kind of a tangent thing. There's this really funny. I don't know where this went, but basically last year during the pandemic, like I want to say November-ish, mm-hmm. there was a story that Hillary Clinton and her daughter are like uh, opening a, a movie studio. I think it's already open now. Golly. And they're looking into producing a movie based off this book written by this um, Kurdish Syrian woman or Libyan, Syrian, Libyan, uh, Syrian, Kurdish Syrian woman talking about like female soldiers mm-hmm. in Syria, right? And so Hillary Clinton's studio and like probably by her executive decision wants to make this into like a powerful feminist story. The basic problem is that Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State. Yeah. What? So she, what is she, what spin is she gonna put on this? <laughs> well, she's gonna you know it's just it's just about like female empowerment in like a male dominant society. But like part of the reason why everything happened the way it did is because of Hillary Clinton. Yeah, hundred percent. Because she was Secretary of State. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you want to get into the specific details, she's not the one who gave the okay on that. Like what ended up happening, but she made the pretext before she left, right? To say like this is what I think should happen. I'm gonna advocate for this as well, even after I leave. Yeah. That's a side point. Uh, keep going. Yeah, no, I think I think it just goes back to um, the the representation that we have, right? Like, uh, like I just mentioned beforehand, my brother's an actor, right? He's he went to he went to Frostburg for for theater, um, then he went to Iowa for his masters, and now he's in New York, and uh, you know he's well, COVID kind of really hurt that market and whatnot, but you know it's it's been tough on him to find like leading roles or to find like you know be put in something that is not. Uh, you know that that's that's not what he wants to do. It's always like a side character. Or it's always some other thing because the leading male roles that they want are tall white guys, you know, who have different backgrounds, this and that. So it just kind of leaves the actual talented Muslim people outside of those roles. And then the only roles those those kind of folks can get is, oh, hey, we need like a we need like a funny side character who's Muslim, yeah. or hey, we need you to like teach us something more about like Islam so we can kind of you know like this one guy is. Um, you know, it's actually a good point about Riz Ahmed because in, in the article that I read, they were also talking about this character mm-hmm. in the 2017 uh, Wonder Woman movie, the first one that they dropped. 
I, about I, how I, yeah. the, the, there was a Muslim character in there, but they perpetuated the same Muslim stereotypes, like where he was like in trouble, low key, just like what you just said about like almost joining ISIS and whatnot. Yeah. Like he was a troubled Muslim quotation marks troubled. Wait, Muslim was that the, the 2017 Wonder Woman movie or the recent one? 2017, like the one that came out in 2017. Okay, so that's the okay. first one. I forget the character's name, but you know that's the thing that there are such little, little representations of Muslim in. Hollywood, and then the the representation we have gotten in the past twenty years has been linked to terrorism, oppression, anything of that kind, of, any anything of that kind of nature, and and it's just not Riz Emma that's kind of breaking out. Riz Emma's like like you mentioned, he's the first person that's actually kind of putting together an organization and a fund. At least to that we know, but on, on this much, with this much of a profile, there I'm has, sure there's been other people. There has always been like some Muslim people do break out into the scene. And they do talk about it. They're like, hey, I have trouble getting roles. Yeah. Like, I, I remember li- listening to, I, and I completely forgot this guy's um, name, uh, but I remember listening to his, his interview one time where he said that he was asked to say, like, parts of the Quran and, like, teach the, uh, teach the crew, like, how to pray in namaz and whatnot so they could teach, like, the person who was pre- uh, p- portraying a terrorist in, like, a cell. To read and like say what they needed to say, and it was so just based like, on that. I'm assuming the person portraying the terrorist himself wasn't even Muslim if he had to be no. taught. That. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> you can't. Let me hold on. Give us the terrorist jobs at least. Yeah, Christ. Let me let me switch this over to Aladdin because I really want to make this point about Aladdin. Uh-huh. So the the guy who just played Aladdin in the um, Egyptian dude. Yeah, the Egyptian dude. I think his name is Mina Masood. Yeah. Mena Mina Masood. Mena Mina whatever. Yeah, and super talented guy. Like he was doing all of his dances, all of his stunts. He could sing. Like he's like what you want to look for in like a Broadway actor who can like act on screen as well. After that movie came out, again I saw an interview of his, and he was literally complaining about how he is not getting jobs after such a big Disney movie and they and Disney you know didn't really like step up for him either like they they literally make a like a princess movie to give somewhat representation to the Middle East or the Muslim yeah. world and they profit off of that then they get a Muslim actor from yeah. Egypt a Egyptian based actor and then now he can't even get jobs and they're not even like trying to hey, help I mean, him for, and First and foremost, they were cashing in because now what this is doing is like going back to their vault of like classic movies and just cashing in on nostalgia. And then they'll throw in more representation on there. Like, you're right. What we did was like a bit more problematic when we do the same movie with like a superficial coding. But here's, here's the kick too. So uh-huh. here's the kick. Another report came out yeah. that the director, and I'm, I don't know the director's name, but the director and the production team for extras, for extras, they were painting people like giving them bronzer and making them darker because obviously this is set in the Middle East in Agrabah, right? And they were literally painted. So like you said, at least give us the terrorist roles. Yo, at least give us the, at least give us the freaking extra roles. You couldn't even get roles. brown extras. There are so, there are probably so many like people dying. South Asian, Arab, like Americans who moved to the West Coast, who moved to LA, like who I'm going to make this big shit. and you can't even give them the fucking extras. Extra roles. You all they gotta do is just walk around like an asshole in the background. Yeah. You're like, no, Caroline's gonna get this. Sorry, Khalifa. You <laughs> right. you can't even do that. And then you gotta spend money on fucking paint or bronzer yeah. and makeup. Yeah, which was like, first of all, buddy, let me help you. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is about economics. Yeah, man. Like I have my issues and and maybe critiques is a better word of like representation as something that people get hyper fixated on. I think it does need to improve, but I think the extent to which people think it's like the end all be all yeah. it's ridiculous yeah, but then you also not. hear stuff like this and it's just like jesus no just give them the jobs yeah just give them the jobs like, let us stupid. actually let us actually just see some genuine 
Muslim people on yeah. screen. And even if they are, even if you are not portraying Muslim folks, at least give like Muslim actors. Like so, Riz Ahmed is one of the major Muslim actors who are, who's out there who who plays roles that he's not just portraying a Muslim person. Yeah, like he's played. The you're evil you're guy. an actor. You should not always be playing a Muslim. No, person. absolutely not. Yeah. But at least when you, I think you know, a, a brown Muslim person should also do blackface. Let's show some diversity. That'll do. I think that'll do us a solid. I think the only person that can do blackface and kind of get away with it in the premises that they did is Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder because Tropic Thunder is fucking classic. <laughs> It is a classic movie. But the thing is, like, the reason he got away with that actually, the side, like sidebar about this, yeah. is that. He was playing. He it was it was complete satire. He was playing a character, yeah, and who was like a really in depth method yeah. actor, and he literally yeah. went through a well, surgical like process. Here's the thing: you're right, but then for a lot of people, the issue is that like, and I don't agree with this point, but their point is that satire itself is not a justification to like go out of your way to because technically there is a point there, right? Like you you wrote this. That you wrote backwards from your punchline to like I want somebody with blackface, yeah. And so how do you create the in-text justification for that? I'm fine with that because it's clearly like portrayed with it like as funny. I get why people might not be comfortable. Yeah, no, with I, it. I understand like the 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 history of blackface, right? Yeah. Like, but let, let's crazy. let's stay on track with the Muslim thing, yeah. right? So we kind of brought up Rami, and if you guys don't know, that's a Hulu series. It has mm-hmm. two seasons right now. It's did he write it? He he writes. He, he directs. Writes. He's one of the main writers, but he definitely directs. And, and he's a starring. The, he's, uh, he's the main guy. Yeah, he is Egyptian. Yep. Egyptian. Uh, so he plays. It's basically the premise of it. I'll be honest. Right. When I first heard about this, I had no interest in it because when I hear, oh, it's about a Muslim American who's wandering and navigating the difficulties of being Muslim and American. I roll my eyes hard because I'm expecting it to fall into the same tropes that we kind of laid out before, right? Exact it's going to be like point. a Muslim guy being like, oh, um, uh, I want to like have sex, but I can't. And then like the girl wears a job and she like d- feels oppressed and it's like always aiding and abetting like very specific Because narratives. that's what you've been used to. That's what I'm so used to, right? And then Cher was like, talking glowingly about it. I was like, bro, I don't know. And then one time I was with you and you just happened to be watching it. Yep. And you were like four or five episodes in. And you started late and you started like mid season too. Mid season was late yeah, in. So I was like, just like, all right, I'll watch with you. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. This is never mind that it's incredibly funny. Yeah. Really well written. But when you if you want an example of like, well what would a media project that portrays Muslims as like actual human beings look like? Rami. Exactly. Why? Because it's not because I think sometimes people conflate good representation with like let's just make a character who's like has no flaws. Right. It's just insanely like good at everything to do. So they're just like flawed. the perfect person. It's like that's not a character. Mm-mm. That's that's not a character. That is just like you dealing with your like fantasies. Fantasy. This is just like a fantasy for <laughs> yeah. you. Like no, this is an actual like. This is a person who has pitfalls, who has strengths, who has weaknesses, who succumbs to his vices, uh, his, his, his vices, and all the characters have to deal with that. Yeah. And they do, the Muslim Such identity informs a lot of their struggles, yeah. right? But it's not always, some. there are some episodes where I think they do a worse job than others, yeah. but for the most part, it's, it's relevant, but it's not the central thing. Yeah. Like, I think one of the best episodes, one of my favorite episodes, is with the mom in the first season. When she's an Uber driver. Yes. And it's so good because it's like, yeah, you can, it's specifically about like a woman who's kind of being left alone by like her husband who like, she's a hardworking domestic, like immigrant mother. Right. Right. And so she like 
needs an outlet for a social life or anything because just the way her family unit is structured, she can't find that. So she starts working not only to make another uh, make more money and feel some semblance of independence, but also to build something resembling a social life. Yeah. And the way and that they was play sad with, to see, and though. it's very yeah. sad. Like it's also it's sad. It's funny. They play it up in a lot of different ways, but it's amazing what they did there. And then, oh, the one with the uncle in the second is... <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that one was a great... That was a really good uncle one. Uncle Nassim? Yeah. That, and Rami himself is like... There are certain times where I kind of roll my eyes because they do a little bit too much of the like, oh, I'm Muslim and I don't... Like, sometimes, like, no one like Rami would really exist. Yeah. There's sometimes where they go too far, right? Yeah. yeah but a lot of times, it's also... It's so good. First of all, just watch the show if you haven't. I yeah, think please. I think they're making a third season. Yeah, I feel like a lot, not a lot of Muslim people have watched that show because yeah. maybe you guys don't think like I feel like Hulu, uh, Hulu is known for their shows, but there's so much stuff on so many platforms yeah. that you kind of just get lost. But Rami is a great show because, like all the things that Saad basically said about it, is that my the, my takeaway is that it, it's it's an honest, authentic Muslim experience. The show is named Rami, and it is literally about Rami's life. Yeah, like. It's not about like he th- and this is what I love about it too. It's like he's not saying that hey, I'm Muslim, I go through this so everyone else goes through this. Yeah. He is literally just t- saying, "Hey, this is what's happened in my life. Yeah. Hey, this is when I had a girlfriend, when I wanted yeah. to do this, when I wanted to do that. This is this is the yeah. type of shit that's happened." And he's made it comically funny. He's made it like just witty yeah. and it, very emotional yeah. at times too. It, it is principally focused on writing characters and writing human experiences before it is about like I just want Muslim representation yeah. for the sake of because if that's your starting point, mm-hmm. you're gonna end up using the stupid tropes, right? Yeah. Like, and they still they still lean into a little bit. Like you like only a Muslim based show would have a 9/11 specific episode. Yeah. Right. Like white people are not gonna have an episode like that because like that. I mean, they might in the sense that like, oh, I'm sad or whatever, right? But <laughs> which I mean, you should be. Yeah. But specifically for that angle of like a Muslim family in in New York, New in Jersey New York, area, in that area, being very young. It's very important to have that context, but still, you know what Rami does a really good job of? It's not just about like, oh, they treated me differently. It's also like, no, guys, I was like going through puberty when this happened. So that experience in my life was intertwined with this like, culturally relevant thing. Yeah. And it was a very specific moment for me as a person. Yeah. It's something like unique to Rami. As a as a human, and it's really funny what they it's, do. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly why I was laughing because I just remember the episode. But it's so unique to Rami that yeah. you can, if you if you were a Muslim around that age or a similar age at that period, you can relate to that. I I moved in two thousand three, so before I sorry after nine yeah. eleven happened, we came in two thousand three, and I've mentioned this in a previous episode where my brother, our last name is Hussein, so our one of his elementary school teachers literally called him Saddam. I don't know if it was an accident. It was on, obviously you can't just say that on accident. I you were, like you were thinking a, about that's some a weird accident. Yeah. I mean, that's like a Freudian slip. Yeah, no, hundred percent it is. So she's like thinking about like, yo, am I in danger with this yeah. theater in class? Like, like, oh, I'm about to get fired. Yeah. So when you when you see someone else who has a completely different experience, because Rami, like, just to say this, when when nine eleven happened, like, don't or the, the bury the lead a little bit. Don't like give it away too much. Okay. Yeah. No, because uh, if people are gonna watch it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's I, won't, I won't say it's, it. It's the, the key point is that he was going through puberty around the same time as nine eleven happened, yeah. and his issues with puberty were happening before nine eleven. Yeah. Just that's all yeah. I'm gonna say. I, I, I just want to say one thing, okay. which I just thought was really funny. Where uh-huh. I think it was like the day after 9 11, or what it was the day, and because he didn't have a cell phone, his mom gave him a walkie talkie okay. in class. <laughs> so, his like when 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 I guess when 9 11 happened, everything went down, st- st- you know, stuff was kind of really crazy around here. 
So his mom, like, it was a big-ass walkie-talkie in his backpack. She was like, Rami, Rami, where are you Speak, speaking uh, Arabic? And Rami is just in class just fucking petrified yeah. because everyone's looking at him because all, 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 all on TV, they were like, terrorist attack, terrorist attack, and it was a terrorist yeah. attack. But, but yeah, no, Rami's a great show to watch for, like, an actual authentic Muslim representation. Yeah. I, I think we've done enough of, like, gloating, giving lip service, and giving, like, you know, coverage to, to Rami. Yeah. If, you, if you haven't gotten the memo, go watch it. Yeah, If definitely. you've already seen it, then maybe watch it again. I've, I've been considering watching it again. Um, but, you know, all this came from this conversation of Muslim representation in media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can broaden out a little bit. There's a, there is this question about how, do represent, how does representation of minority roles affect the way we perceive them and is that like a solution to social ills right and so and this will provide a little bit of pushback not like a ton i'm not like Mm -hmm. coming from a completely different angle just off cutting a little bit one of the things and i think i think to make this the most salient was that after the huge black lives matter protest last year Mm -hmm. and what was that may April. It was like two or three months yeah. into the lockdown. Quarantine. Yeah. Like George Floyd's death, right? Mm-hmm. And the Breonna Taylor. And so everybody was like, you know, hooting and hollering. What do we do? How do we show allyship? Amplify black voices, everything, right? And so one of the things that it went from defund the police and abolish all that stuff. And it slowly, slowly, not completely, because there's always going to be people advocating for like the more substantive policy things right. but then you started getting a lot more like once companies and like influencers and brands started getting involved it became about representation yeah it became about do should these white voice actors play poc roles right and which on on some level like yeah it is bizarre that like if you have a, a character who's clearly supposed to be black or african-american right. and they're a cartoon character it's weird that there isn't a black person behind that mm-hmm. that is an issue I, like i'll I say yeah. that straight up front just to cut any like criticism off yeah i 100 agree but but why did that become like the bulk and fixation of people's like attention because fundamentally that's only going to really affect like the few people in the positions to get those roles to mm-hmm. begin with it's not like that. How is that stopping police violence? Yeah. How is that stopping the car so state? How is that stopping like uh, drug sensing and, and uh, sensing minimums, yeah. cash bail, any of that stuff? Which it, honestly, none of that has changed yet. None, none of that's going to change for a very long yeah. time because all the energy keeps getting diverted to actual serious action because people realize like one, it's difficult to do. It is difficult to do. Yeah. It's going to require like a restructuring of your life. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's about, well, actually, let me just go on Hulu. Let me go on the Black Lives Matter section and just watch 10 different movies. Yeah. I had this conversation with my friends a couple months ago. And that Amazon show, which was a ripoff of Us, or, you know, the Jordan Peele movie that's mm-hmm. not oh, Get Out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, the yeah, Amazon yeah, movie yeah. that was like a show that was like a ripoff of it? Yeah, yeah. It so that way. came out. And there was Obviously, there was like the criticism that you clearly ripped off of Jordan yeah. Peele's thing, right? Yeah. And there was also this point that you're just cashing in on black violence, black violence trauma. of black people. That's I've I saw something very specific, and I had friends of mine yeah. talk about this where they were like, "Yo, I am ti-, black friends too." Yeah, they were like, "Yo, I'm tired of seeing yeah. these movies made on black trauma." Yeah, like, are you insane to yeah. be making? Like, they literally tried to make this. Um, it was like a comedy movie where this. It was kind of like um, ah, shoot, I forget that movie name. But the premise of the movie was like. This guy wakes up every single day, lives the same life. And mm. every single day in the beginning, he runs yeah. into a cop who kills him yeah. at some point during the day. Jesus and Christ. it's like, yo, are, are you out of your mind? Like, yeah. why are you 
we know what's going on. Yeah. Like that's that's just like cashing in on black well, trauma, th- and it's that's the thing, right? So my friend, and she's Pakistani, right? She's not black. She yeah. like asked an earnest question. She was, she said, "Is it wrong that I am tired of seeing this?" And I immediately said, "Like, no, you're not wrong because I don't think most black people even want to see this. No, they don't. The people making these decisions to determine that this is what social justice and liberation should look like are like in." boardrooms mm-hmm. they're like fucking nice wealthy influencers mm-hmm. it's all branding this yeah. is all just different ways of like commodifying black trauma and black violence i got i got some very it's a very personal like like antidote uh-huh. for my life is that shoot i won't say my company's name but i work in corporate <laughs> america because i don't want to get fired yeah, <laughs> to yeah. be completely honest um even though i'm like he works at hot topic <laughs> yeah let's say that um so last year when you know, I it's not even just George Floyd and yeah, those are just the the obvious. Examples. Yeah, Ahmad Arbery and so many others, so many um, that we don't know. Yeah, so we had like a very social, um, social justice conversations in our company, like company led, where senior managers and managers were there, and you know, it gave everyone a room to speak and how they were feeling at that time, and it created a safe space. Which you know, I got, I got the uh, uh, like. What they were trying to do, they were like, "Hey, this is a tough time. It's quarantine. The you know socially, there's not a lot of good things happening in the United States. We have a lot of diversity in our co- uh, company. So you know, this is a space for you to talk. Feel free to you know air your opinions and just however how's everyone doing." And it was a lot of like politically inclined um, conversations happening. And I, and honestly, I, I'm fucking talking on a podcast right now. Like I led a lot of those, and I was talking, and I actually got a lot of like nods from like seniors so whatnot. It was on that cool. day that Cher was like, "I'm going to start a podcast." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Son, we're starting a podcast." <laughs> but no, the funny thing is that they, you know, represented that aspect of things. They were like, "Hey, we have a lot of repre- uh, you know, black and brown employees. Here's here's a you know time to talk." But there was no changes at the top. Mm-hmm. If you look at the board, mm-hmm. if you look at the ex- executive yeah. boards, there is no people yeah. of color. There's no, there's barely any white women on there. You know what I mean? So it's like they gave us an opportunity to kind of air our grievances and talk. Yeah. And they're like, all right, cool. Yeah. And not really actually yeah. put into effect that it, those changes. Like, okay, let's let's actually make some representation yeah. happen. Let's hire more senior black yeah. executives and whatnot. And this is, yeah, it, be- it became like, here's the thing. You, here's a really instrumental way of looking at this. There was a polling done around that time which showed that Republicans co-signed Black Lives Matter as an idea. Like around the time that happened, mm-hmm. it was like overwhelming majority of them, right? Yeah. I don't have the exact number, but it was over 50%. Now it's obviously incredibly low. Yeah. So what does that tell you? That means it was just like socially relevant in, in to cachet that yeah. and to say like, yeah, I'm for Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter really just meant like did you post the black square do you, so are you many people are you broadly aware that this is a thing that's happening yeah because then it's again it's about you diagnose that there is a problem it's not enough just to say like hey there's a problem all right but what do what, we what do what we, we do? do what is what is the actionable items after this yeah. conversation and also which actionable items are not particularly productive yeah because i did see a lot of people saying and i, I gotta be honest there was a lot of like poc people saying this that black people should start like gentrifying they didn't literally use those terms but they but said like, like the black idea. people yeah it was like oh black people should start like investing and opening businesses in um uh low-income communities and the language the way they talked about it it was not like 
it was like the language of gentrification. Yeah. And I think people don't realize like the problem with gentrification is not that white people are doing it. Like there's a problem like, that so many white people are doing it disproportionately is evidence of a racialized wealth gap. Right. Exactly. But the issue is that, no, you're jacking up prices and, and making In people neighborhoods. Go homeless. Yeah. Exactly. You're making people go homeless. That's the problem. Exactly. And so just because somebody is like brown, black or whatever, or even if it's like a gay wealthy person going to a gay neighborhood, you know, it doesn't make it doesn't matter. Yeah, right? and I think that's that that's a really good point right into Kamala Harris, right? <gasps> My Where, girl, right, Auntie Kamala. Mola Junior, <laughs> right? don't you so come it's like, here? So it's like it's not. It's the point about gentrification where it's not that oh, it's a black person or a brown person doing it. It's the fact that it's happening. So it doesn't care. We don't care if it's a black or brown person. So this yeah. is right into Kamala Harris. Like I personally do not give a flying fuck that she is half dissy and half black because Go she's not doing shit bro Go off King. she not, first of all she was the she was the top cop in california you know and she i'm not even saying failed she chose to not like charge have consequences for cops in california just to be clear when we say top cop she was first district attorney of san yep. francisco like that area and then attorney general of the state of the state yep. so like she was so she not, had power she, she was had, the number one person she had agency to do what what that power was what she wanted yep she made and even like her staff they recommended around the time of the 2008 financial crisis they recommended her to prosecute um steve mnuchin's firm hmm. because they were like committing serious usury and like jacking up interest rates for like old retirement homes yeah and she chose not to yeah her staff literally said you should do this right and she said no there's a class action lawsuit also that she didn't sign on mm-hmm. right so by the logic of representation you would think oh just because she is like a plc how people how people represent representation yeah. like oh this is it's really like, good but it's like yo time out like she, is she's it, also is somebody who like traveled up the political system and it's also like when you say stuff like that you're there is like something weirdly racist about saying like, oh, actually, all POC women are all POC or all whatever are good. Yeah. Like, no, I look at them as like individuals. Yeah. And I recognize that she's made choices. This is her politics. This is her worldview. And maybe it's just because she thinks she has to do this mm-hmm. to like stay politically relevant. That's fine. I don't think it's a, a good justification like throwing people in jail for her political career. I'm yeah. fine with you not advancing your political career if it if it means like tens of thousands of people's lives are not ruined. Yeah. That's representation has its there's elements where it matters. There's limits. It has serious limits. No, serious limits. Yeah. A lot of limits. Yeah. If you've already done the work to say that these are white supremacist institutions mm-hmm. and positions of power, then what does having a brown face or black face or what or like Asian face? Because she perpetuates all of those. She perpetuates all the same things because yeah. that's a function of like her power is afforded to her by that white supremacist seat, mm-hmm. right? So come on, man. Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying mm-hmm. it. Let's go. It, 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 you know, it's an issue when, um, when a eighty-some-year-old Jewish white man yeah. is advocating for more people of color yeah. in the yeah. in a much better way, yeah. and than than she is. And I've seen this a lot with Bernie Sanders is that he will advocate for them, but honestly, he passes the mic to them too. Yeah, you know, like he'll pass the he'll pass the mic to, uh, Killer Mike. Yeah. Who's who's a great hip hop rapper, but also turned a social social justice leader in the past you know years, and he's an, yeah. he's an intellect too, and but honestly like since we're just on like politicians and whatnot, shout out to Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib because oh, they are they are my God they're actual 
like leading they are going voices. through ringer. Especially Ilan Omar right now. She's really going through ringer. Which is it just this is a completely separate topic. No, no, no. Actually it's not because it goes straight into how Muslims are perceived and how when she says something that criticizes the United yeah. States, it's like, oh, hell's broken loose, like this refugee came over here, like blah blah blah. But then when fucking Reagan has pictures with Ayatollahs praising yeah. them back in in the seventies and fucking what's his name? Trump goes and you know, kisses MBS's ass. It's like all okay. I, or even, even sorry, I'll, yeah. even Trump has said, you, you know, the United States has done bad shit. Yeah, he straight up in interviews has said that, like, oh, yeah. we're not, we're, our hands aren't clean, and everybody just look another, look to another place. Ilhan Omar, a black Muslim hijabi exactly, refugee yeah. woman, she, she says is, something, and fucking establishment Democrats come out with a letter condemning them. Yeah. And also Hamas came out with a letter. Oh, like, that. <laughs> Hamas was like, time out, Ilhan. Like, yeah, cool. time out. We're not as bad as them. Yeah, no, no. they're like, we're. Please do not relate please. our struggle and yeah. our thing with it, like what Israel. They were is like, doing. they were like, weirdly um, cordial about it because they're like, we appreciate like the application for social justice. But she please, was like, please tell the truth. Yeah, please tell the truth. We are not as bad as them. That was so funny. That's when you know where the world is just a crazy the world, place. The world. See, sometimes you hear these stories, and I'm like, no, no what director could ever write this oh no this is just the, the world is chaotic and you yeah. see this like come on a terror i'm not calling them Hamas a terrorist no, i mean in some they strictly are but that does not give due diligence to the complexity of that no. issue but basically it's like a terrorist an organization that does ter- like terrorist acts is saying like thank you for the support but be honest yeah we're not that bad yeah like we don't we're, we don't we're not blowing five. up babies we're a five they're an eight yeah come on now we didn't kill 66 children in the past two weeks yeah I mean, it's also very telling that, and I did not know this until, and I don't even know this woman's name, another, and you might have seen this letter, another um, congresswoman from Minnesota who's been in there for years, Mm. white woman, been critical of Israel for a long time. I had no idea who she was, right? How how was it? I don't know her name. I don't remember I don't, her name. Shit, I don't know. Either. Nobody knows about her, right? That, and that's and I'm glad that she's doing that work, right? But it's so telling that it took a black hijab wearing Muslim, Muslim woman to yeah. say something, and then everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it's you just, can't do that. Yeah, please don't don't please don't conflate America and Israel with uh, terrorism. Like, are you no motherfuckers? America, first of all, this is my humble opinion, and I don't have to go much humbly. Yeah, humble opinion, opinion. Is that that fucking America is the biggest sponsor of terrorism worldwide, baby? Like, buddy, that's with, our number one export. Yeah, Colombia's absolutely. got coffee. Um, Saudi's, Saudi's got, got oil. oil. Uh, Israel's got Sabra <laughs> and Wayfair. Did they do Wayfair? No, no, no. Waze. Waze is the navigation app. Is it really? It, it, it was Israeli. Oh. oh also, like, Why Google. the fuck are they no, mapping out the world? Google Earth, like, Google Maps and app, they all use Israeli tech. Like if you if you have a smartphone, you're using Israeli tech. Fuck. No, I mean that's the thing. Like, right? Ethical consumerism is such a stupid concept. It's like, okay, just don't have a phone. Yeah. You just. You I'm go, going back to the yeah, fucking I'm flip just, phones. I'm, give me my walkie-talkie. I'm just gonna be like, who do you? And this, this side's just gonna know. Oh, shit, I think Shira's calling me. That's kind. Of, I don't, that's racist. I can't do that. <laughs> I don't think that meant anything. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Um, you don't know the you don't know the, the language to speak. Somebody just in the world here is that, and they're like, "What the fuck? What'd you call my wife? Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> the fuck does man say? I mean, I'll just start speaking like cicadas. Oh my god! Speaking of those devils, I saw bro. cicada yesterday. Yeah, they're crazy. There was a video of them like squ- like you know because squirting. Yes. Oh my god! 
Bro, they were like, that like a porn. Up, they look like Bang Bros. Yeah, there's some fucking freaks. Ooh. 17 years, they just like just chill, I'm and like, then they're on. like, all right, it's my time to shine. Well, what were you like when you were 17? Think about that. Ah, dude, I probably had hormones running down, if, up and down my body. If I was 17 and I saw this kid is doing that, I'd get in on it. <laughs> Move away. <laughs> You're like, hey, let me join the fun. Let me join in the fun. <laughs> that was such a. I think that was in Cambodia, but I want to see. I want to see that in America. Oh, you know what? I, I don't I don't think you know the answer because you're just as clueless about cicadas That's as I true. am. Mm-hmm. But like I really want to know where are cicadas like actually native? Because I kinda like like shit like that where it's like, oh, these trees are only native to this hell. place. Or <laughs> honestly, they, yeah, they're, you, they're from hell. They literally look like little spawns. So they honestly look like fucking like in in a movie like when shit like is didn't like in the mummy right yeah they, they replace the tomb with something you, and shit just comes out it's you, probably cicadas you're playing a video game there's a spooky forest level the cicadas are the main enemies in that one yeah but they're like oversized cicadas right like massive ones because in, in case of any of our uh sod size cicadas <laughs> sod size. oh my god oh, bro. oh no 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 that time <laughs> out no no absolutely not and for any of our um whatever listeners we have mm-hmm for our non-Muslim listeners, if you don't know, during the month of Ramadan, Shaitan's locked up. Yeah. So I think what he's doing while he's locked up, like in that cage, like in Guantanamo, in the you know <laughs> metaphorical Guantanamo, he's making cicadas. <laughs> Every year he makes cicadas. So like he makes for seventeen years, seventeen of them, and then he like lets them loose. Let it go. We forgot. Oh my God. We, we forgot to introduce ourselves and say hot pocket again. Ah uh, shit. Okay, we'll add that towards we'll the end. <laughs> we will add that towards oh the end. Oh my god, Riz is never gonna let me live this down. Nah. It's like you are not a showman. This disqualifies you from your directing abilities. And I had such a good chance. I had such a good pitch. You know, I think this is just our thing. We should just not. I think we should just. We are anonymous. We're yeah. We just you <laughs> just don't point. know. Either you know us or you don't. But um. <laughs> I guess we're all here. My Instagram is past the food. I'll probably put in like the because if you're listening to this on like a Spotify thing, we'll we'll, we'll tag we'll, ourselves. We're gonna write it there. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm not saying it out loud. Yeah. But I am gonna plug this uh, article that I wrote, which is also on my Instagram, and maybe I'll link it into the podcast thing. I basically there are reasons why I wrote this specific thing, and Cher knows why. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm, I'm set, this is like the 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 setup for something else I'm gonna write about, which is gonna get me into far <laughs> more trouble with the Muslim community. Yeah. Um, it'll be fun to see. I'm just gonna be. be I'm gonna sit back and enjoy the show. I don't claim this man. I, he's just my business partner, not my <laughs> yeah. friend. Uh, but I basically wrote about the lies that the U.S. media and government used to propagate and justify the Gulf War in 1990. Which, if you don't know, that we sided with Kuwait against Iraq, and then the proper Iraq invasion in 2003 because Iraq mm. itself was. The U.S. has been wanting to topple Saddam Hussein for a while. Another one. Another one. One H.W. Bush and then his Another son, Bush. W. Bush. I wish me and my dad had bonding activities like that. <laughs> you know, like country. bombing people, like toppling entire countries. You know, the U.S. government dropped another George Bush. Is his name George or something else? It's like George P. Bush. Yeah, it's George, it's, like, it's a different there. letter in there, but yeah. I didn't even know another George Bush existed. Yeah, but that's, I think that's, I, that's Jeb's like, son, isn't it? I have, Dude... I fuck I don't know Yeah But He's like a Trump George guy Bush. though Which is tight Oh yeah I mean, I mean That's that's so, But that's so funny That like he's not following Like the, the Like whatever lineage They have It's like a Yeah but that lineage Is what gave way to Trump Oh so yeah it's yeah like, no, like, know, It's like the same path It's a superficial difference Yeah But like it's just funny He's like yeah I'm a, I'm a Q guy I'm yeah. a QAnon guy um, But basically The article is about 
Iraq, the lies that went into it, and specifically like how bad the lies were, how the media was complicit in the lies, how you might know groups like Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International. They have a good track record. No, they tend to lie a lot when it's politically relevant. Mm-hmm. They they do participate in the lies, and then they'll say sorry afterwards. I'm using it as a reason to say we should be skeptical about um, propaganda and be more willing to say things are propaganda. So what, that's what are you what what propaganda? <laughs> what propaganda are you talking about, Sam? I think people need to actually do, and, and when I say research, I mean actual research, not just I saw a headline and I'm going to twist it in a way that conforms with my views, or like not actually even read that's it. That's a confirmation bias. Uh, like, a confirma- oh, I saw yeah, something. That's a confirmation bias about the Uyghur Muslim concentration camps. There are. I'll give you the the spark notes. There are bad things happening there. There are human rights abuses, straight up. There's no real way in which you can say that's not happening. Genocide and forced sterilization of like millions of women. Uh, no. If you believe that, you have to believe that we have to go to war. There's no way you can believe that we're there, there's a genocide happening there without. And especially when people say there's a Holocaust happening, it's like, all right, let's go to war. Let's go like, to war. Why then. not? Why would we not? Stop why are we a not? If you believe that, why are we going to war? And that's the key point. It's like, do they want us to co-sign a war? Mm-hmm. Be, I will write stuff up on that later down the line. Actually, the article I did write does link to something about that. Like, I make, I do, I, I was pretty happy with myself. Like, oh, this is suave. Yeah. I make a point about like Iraq. It's like, this is why people shouldn't be skeptical about it. It's happening here. Mm-hmm. And people don't know about it. But if I like show people that screenshot, they'd be like, oh, I had no idea. It's like, yeah, they are getting money from the CIA. Yeah. Anyways, follow Saad. Follow Saad. Follow Share. Follow me, man. We're gonna put the plugs into the to the bios and whatnot. The bios. We're still working on the whole uh, marketing campaign for this. Once we do get it all right, though, it y'all will see it. This is and episode- by y'all I mean like the two of y'all that are listening. Yeah. Hey guys. This is episode three. But with the first, the pilot sucks. But yeah, we were sh- we were sharing one mic. It was two yeah. guys, one mic. Two guys, <laughs> essentially. My cheeks are ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, so hopefully you guys, whoever is listening, sticks around. Hopefully you share. Yeah, tell your friends, fam. Please, like you know, support small businesses. Yeah, I is, I pay like this uh, is representation. This is representation, and this is authentic representation yeah. too. Like I was saying earlier, we're not we're not just plugging being Muslim and being this. Like we're. We we have flaws. We have different views. I am very flawed. Yeah, I can attest to that. I'm Look at my posture too. right now. Look <laughs> at this. I am skewed towards the left. I'm hunched over. I have a bad tooth. We I... we fucking had probably barbecue from a racist place. You know, for for very woke guys, we go to a lot of racist places. Look, I gotta be honest. Racist <laughs> people do it best. Like the the liberal <laughs> the barbecue like, man gentrification places that have like all oh, people welcome here or whatever the food sucks. Yeah, it it always if you have like a, a sign that says counterculture, I'm like I'm about to pay sixteen dollars for one taco for mac and cheese, <laughs> yeah. and they're gonna call it like. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. it's like very no, I'm not gonna say anything. Yeah. But they'll give it some like spin. It's like shut up. I want like Uncle Tom's beans and brisket mm-hmm. from like a white guy who has a, a the Punisher symbol on his tank top. All right, <laughs> and wearing a blue blue line. Flag. That food was amazing that we had. That food was really that good. That food today. was really good. But I think we're basically done here. Yeah. We want again. Thank you for your time, and we'll see you next time. Yes. Continue to share. Good night.